Hello, my name is Nikki Toyamasito. I'm the executive director of Christians for Social Action and your host for today's podcast episode of 20 Minute Takes. This week, we talk with Jason Chu. He's a rapper, an activist, and an educator based in Los Angeles. And he talks with us about the gospel imagination, about the work of activists and artists, why the church needs both. Join us for this episode. Well, Jason Chu, thank you so much for joining us here on 20 Minute Takes. It's great to be here, Nick. We've been trying to set this up for a while, so I'm super honored uh, oh. that, that that you fit me in your schedule. I love it. And chance I, get, I can get to talk to you, I always say yes, because um, I always learn so much. You know, I was thinking about you and, um, you know, the Asian parent stereotype, right? The acceptable mm. careers that uh, folks are allowed to choose is usually doctor, lawyer, engineer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look at your list, rapper, activist, educator. What was the family's response as you kind of stepped fully into this amazing space where you find yourself? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, I, I think about that stereotype of, you know, doctor, lawyer, engineer, and, and I get it and I also want to push against it, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense of I get it because so many Asian American families come from economic, financial, social trauma, True. right? That's and true. when and 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 I'm super empathetic, and I think honestly there needs to be more empathy mm. for these parents who who arrived in this country needing to look for something, needing yes. stability, not having stability or resources, and they said, "Hey, this is what will set you up. This is what will set our future generations up." That's right. Um, but at the same time, I like pushing against that because mm. you know it's not like you go to Asia. And everyone's a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or or even <laughs> honestly that those are. I never always, thought of it that way. That's true, right? And and so in my family, you know, my my grandfather, he was he was an author. My uh-huh. my dad's father was an author and a journalist and a community leader in wow. the Chinese Thai population, the Chinese community in Bangkok. Okay, and so yeah, and and so I often sometimes think about how, in some ways. Me being a rapper and me being a community advocate and me being an educator um, yes. is actually deeply rooted in, you yes. know, this sort of family tradition. Yes. Um, and, and then honestly, and then, you know, like for us, right, we have this added layer between you and me, right, of this sort of like Christian mission and conviction. Yes. And, uh, and my parents are, uh, you know, they're Christian, they're religious, and they, uh, they raised me, right? We go to church and we hear missionaries talk, you know, the missionaries our church is supported. They come home for Christmas or they uh-huh. come home for furlough. And and I grew up, you know, hearing stories from people who felt called to go and step outside of normal. Yes. You know, and 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 very much the work I do now, whether that's in music, whether that's in justice, I see it as that same sort of like missionary calling that vocation. So I I think that's how my parents understand it. That's certainly how I've presented it to my parents is, you know, the same way that you taught me to look up to these women and men. That's what I'm trying to do with with my life and career. That's what this looks like. 
this yeah. time, this place. No, I, I love that. My, uh, my great aunt is Yuri Kochiyama. And oh. one of the things for me, so she's this Asian activist. And I think similarly to you, this dynamic of like, no, no, no. Like the sort of noisy form that I take is actually mm. this fulfillment of what a typical, like it's like redefining. So I love that as a writer, as an educator, as an artist, as an activist, you're you're following in this generational line. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty amazing. Thank you. You talk about gospel imagination. And I feel mm. like that's really, like I hear a lot of people talk about Christian imagination. And I mean, that's even for us, we talk about stirring the Christian imagination, but you actually make a distinction with gospel imagination. Can you talk a little bit more about what is that distinction? Yeah. And, and, you know, this may just be my own pure kind of internal semantic games, but for me, Christian is a word that is so laden, Okay, you know, because uh-huh. I think that Christian has become more about a socialize, especially, you know, in, in, in modernity. Yeah. Christian is this social identity. Okay. You know, it's 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 something that draws lines between people who are who are Christian and aren't Christian. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think what honestly keeps me Christian mm-hmm. is the gospel. Oh, right? I because I think yes. the gospel's for everyone, right? Okay. And 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 the Bible is very clear about this that the good news of Jesus Christ is something that should be good news to all people no matter how they identify, no matter what their social location is, right? For uh-huh. the Jew and the Gentile, mm-hmm. right? For the powerful and the, the impoverished. Um, the gospel is something that brings hope and transformation and and what, you know, uh, our friend Andre Henry, right, called, mm-hmm. says, it doesn't have to be like this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? It doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. That to me is the gospel imagination. And that's something that speaks to you, whether or not, you identify as Christian, whether or not you're oh, traumatized from see. Christianity. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really powerful, having something that's from God that isn't tied to, I've identified this way, or I've taken these creeds, but it, it washes over all of creation. So that's why I love viewing the world through the lens of a gospel hope and the gospel imagine my hope is not in christianity mm-hmm. my hope is in the gospel mm-hmm. of jesus christ i see yes yeah and i hear you put together some things that i don't often see a lot of people put together <laughs> there's this artist and there's this activist mm. and there's this gospel imagination can you tell me a little bit like how do those do they work together or are they just like three different hats that you just wear whenever it's appropriate that i, I Thank you for asking that because that's actually uh, something that I've – it's a journey that I've been on to realize that they're intertwined, right? Mm. Because mm-hmm. I think – you know, honestly, when 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 you met me even, I was in the process of figuring out the relationship between those, you know? Um, yeah. Maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago. That's right. It just felt like there were all these things that I was passionate about, all these things that spoke to me and and my heart and my body responded and said yes this is right and and so i just did it you know when when we were a little younger right we do things and we don't know why we do them but then the mm-hmm. more we do them the more we realize they come from certain places right and so for me 
I've realized that there's absolutely a tie between my art, my my desire for justice and my work for justice and my Christian faith, mm-hmm. my my religious convictions. Mm-hmm. Um and I I guess and and I don't even know if I know how to articulate it. And I don't even know if the point is to articulate it, right? Because mm-hmm. I would just say that those are all the things that when I engage in them or when I think about them, mm-hmm. I feel the spirit moving, mm-hmm. you know, beyond mm-hmm. sort of like human rationale, you know, and, and, and I could talk where I can say, and I, I certainly do talk about, you know, how hip hop is a liberative movement that is emblematic of the upside down kingdom. Mm. Right. Or I could talk about how, you know, uh, James Halcone, a lot of my theology is based on, you know, this sort of imagination of the black Jesus Mm -hmm. and and understanding the ramifications of that for other marginal communities. Um, But frankly, all of that conversation is just rooted in when I consider social justice when i consider art and creation and 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 making beauty mm-hmm. and when i consider the cross hmm. i feel the same thing in each case which is that this is something profound and beautiful that i feel called to um so wow. I just kind of follow that wow so in each of those streams you kind of feel like you are pushing for something that is deep that has resonance that you said, and you're sort of striving for this beauty in each of those places, but it also sounds like they're not predictable places. There's yeah. somewhat surprising in each of them. I've been so surprised, Nikki. I'm so surprised to be who I am today. I'm so, I like, I have no clue. I, I think I was talking with my partner uh, yesterday about uh-huh. our younger selves and uh-huh. about how, you know, she at 12 or 15 or 20 and me at those ages, like we would never have dreamed that we'd get to be the people we are today, that we'd be get to, to live out the callings uh, Mm -hmm. that we do today because yeah, it, it, it really is, you know, God is able to do so much more than we can ask or imagine. Um, so then, right. So then how do we, how do we, get a vocational vision, right? How do we do this? It can't be something that we advance and articulate because Mm -hmm. any, you know, this is uh, apophatic theology, right? This idea that- What does that mean? What is apophatic theology? uh, So uh, apophatic theology, right? Uh Is this notion that any time we try to dictate, any time that we say God is X or the will of God is Y- Uh Uh-huh. What we're actually doing is constraining God, right? Because God is so infinite and so grand and so much bigger than human imagination and vocabulary can capture that anytime we say, oh, well, God has to be this, Uh we're actually constraining God within the limits of our language, reason, and imagination. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. And so apophatic theology, right, which is very Jewish, it's very mystic, it's actually uh-huh. very uh, Sufi, like uh-huh. there's a lot of st- strands of this throughout, you know, religious experience. Um, apophatic theology says the best thing we can do, the wisest thing we can do, instead of saying like, oh, God wants X or this, you know, we just just shut up for a minute. Just, just like, like 
it's funny because it's theology, right? Usually we think of theology as a, a, a person with a really good brain figuring out yes. what God wants and, and what's right and wrong and what's godly and not. Yes. Um, and apophatic theology, this sort of mystical, tricky theology says, just shut up for a second and let's make theology not about us. And let's make theology about God and let's just receive. And uh, <laughs> and that's been kind of the journey. <laughs> so it's, it sounds like it's a posture, not this posture of sorting, organizing, and knowing, mm-hmm. but a little bit of this posture of, I don't know, how would you describe? what What is that posture? Well, I, I think it's... it's, it's a denormalization of enlightenment uh-huh. era philosophy right oh, rationalism yes, right yes. this notion that the human mind is the foremost and most accurate organ through which we can perceive truth yes yes right this this like cartesian rationality that honestly I would say has infected Christianity. And it's not that God didn't give us minds and logic and reason. That's all great. But when we elevate all of that over God, right? Yes. Again, yes. now we're putting God in the box of what I can figure out and what makes sense to me rather yes. than placing ourselves under the authority of a God that's way bigger than 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 we can ever imagine. That's right. Yeah. I So as you're talking, I'm thinking of like, I think Psalm 131 talks about your your thoughts are so so vast. How can mm-hmm. I even understand them? So it's, I, I I appreciate that posture. It seems like it's a particularly great posture for an artist and for an <laughs> activist to have, right? It's a sort of like this prophetic stirring kind of a role. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, and and I'm careful with phrases like prophetic stirring because people use phrases like that to justify a lot of you know, like cult type manipulation. <laughs> See, are you saying you're not a cult leader? <laughs> I'm saying I could easily want to be one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's an honest confession. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, it's just like there's this thing that you know, right? It says you know you'll know it by its fruit, right? You'll know them yes. by their fruit, and and I would say that the 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 whenever I shut up a little bit and I stop. Thinking with my college-educated master's degree, seminary, blah blah blah. Who cares? Like God isn't God isn't impressed by any of that. You mm, know, when mm. when we come to God like a child, like yes. a kid who just wants to make cool stuff and be kind to others, mm. all the things I'm proudest of and that feel the most right and godly uh, come out of that, not out of me being smart nice. or cool or loud. I like that. I like that. You just dropped an album. We were the seeds. Mm. And when I think of seeds, I'm thinking of things that are sort of dry that drop into the ground and and grow into a thing. What was it that you meant when you titled your album We Were the Seeds? <laughs> this sounds so LA and this is really funny. Um I don't so, so right. Uh, so we started work on this album long before we titled it for the last okay. two years. I just set aside time. It was like I was tithing my work time every <laughs> Friday morning. Yes. Um, I wouldn't respond to email. You know, I'd get all my uh-huh. business done by Thursday night. And then yes. every Friday I'd just hang out with my producers uh-huh. or I'd listen to music. And I started writing this music. 
hmm. and just wanted to write good music that I felt was powerful, that I felt had some soul in it. And out of that came this music that was multi-generationally mm -hmm. uh, engaged, mm -hmm. that had, like you said, I love the word imagination. It had an imagination of what it could mean to be an Asian American person mm -hmm. to be, you know, a person who's living in a technological, algorithm-driven digital world and trying to hold on to the soul of community. I watched a lot of uh, this TV show, Reservation Dogs, mm -hmm. which I think is just the best thing on TV in the last ten years um, about Native communities, about these mm -hmm. kids, uh, Taika Waititi and Sterling Harjo made this series about these four young kids. Uh, native kids living on a reservation and just, you know, like took in all these inspirations and wound up writing this music that felt like there was a certain through line, an emotional, a communal through line. Hmm. And uh, I was in an airport on a layover Mm -hmm. And that phrase, you know, my creative director and I had been texting each other like messages of like, oh, this could be the album title. What about this? And so on. And I was just sitting there in the airport and We Were the Seeds came to my mind. And, and it just felt right because, and I can't say why it felt right, because I think it's, I, I love ambiguity. And mm -hmm. I feel like there's, you know, We Were the Seeds that to me that that means this generation, right? The millennials and the Gen Zs and, and the people who are like alive right now, we're the seeds of previous generations, right? Mm -hmm. They, mm -hmm. our, our parents, our ancestors threw us out into this world. And, and the fact that we're still here building communities and building beauty despite entropy, that's something. Um, we were the seeds uh, can also very much to me be an Asian American thing. Hmm. You know, this idea of, I, I look at migration history, you mm -hmm. know, our friend uh, Jane Hong, who's mm -hmm. a professor of American history. Mm -hmm. um, she has these incredible books and essays about immigration mm -hmm. and how, how Asian America grew in, in the wake of war and trauma. Mm -hmm. And for me, We Were the Seeds just sort of captures this sense of growth, this sense of yearning for organic connection yes. rather than digital amplification. Yeah. Um, and, and, and these days, I'm really trying to go a little slower and, mm -hmm. and grow more than I'm blowing up. You know what wow. I'm saying? I love that. I love that. I'd love to play a little clip from your track, Moves. Mama told me not to listen to rumors. I know how to groove when I step in the room. And daddy taught me to be quiet and honest. Don't talk about my progress, just speak with my moves. Mama told me not to listen to rumors. I know how to groove when I step in the room. And daddy taught me to be quiet and honest. Don't talk about my progress, just speak with my moves. Rooted deep, I ain't transplanted. Tattoos on my skin, they ain't hand stamps. Taught lessons. Can you tell us a little bit about that piece, Moves? Yeah, so Moves was actually the last record we wrote for this album. Um, okay. I was sitting there with my co-writer, Leo Shah, one of my best friends, uh, and and our engineer and producer, Jonam. Um, and he uh, played us some music he'd been working on, and we heard this. And immediately, like, that chorus kind of came to mind. Mama told me not to listen to rumors. I know how to groove when I step in the room. Daddy taught me to be quiet and honest. Don't talk on my progress. Just speak with my moves. And it just felt uh, 
it felt calm and fun and mm-hmm. and you know by that time we'd already named the album and i knew i wanted to talk about generations i wanted to talk about intergenerational stuff and mm-hmm. i'm at a place in my relationship with my parents where i actually am very proud of them um mm. which took a lot of work you know like <laughs> like you know cuz honestly honestly like i think a lot my generation talks a lot about do our parents feel proud about us or not, you know? Right, right. But I think that that bilateral relationship is just as important, right? Yeah, Are we that's proud true. Yeah. of them, right? And and there's so much in this culture, uh this this racist orientalist culture mm-hmm. that shows, you know, like old small Asian men and women are not that's cool. Right. 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 That's not the image of a Western mother or father. Right. Right. The way they nurture us. Um, but I'm at a point where I just think my mom's super funny and weird. Uh, <laughs> and my dad's just like a really patient, uh-huh. very kind, sometimes exasperated guy. Uh-huh. And uh, And I wanted to write something that let people know all the moves I make, you know, uh-huh. the, 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 the people who taught me how to move through this world and move through this life, even if they don't know how I do what I do, but yes. it all comes from them. Mm. Uh, so, so we wrote that record one night uh, at my producer's house. Nice. I love that. I love that. Last question. Jason, tell us, why is it that the church needs artists and activists? You know, God's an artist. Hmm. God's an artist, and from what I hear, God is active <laughs> in the world, right? So, so if we want to be Christian, right? If we want to be little Christ, if we want to be in the image of God, hmm. I mean, trust me. Like, I also love business people. Like, I've got so many entrepreneurs. Like, there's so you know, like we see Christ in so many things. But yes. I think that we need artists because my favorite saying about this is that science teaches us how we live mm-hmm. but art shows us why we live mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. art can capture the ineffable and mm-hmm. i think that that's the beautiful thing art can speak about things without having mm-hmm. to define them mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i'll just say you know the word mystery comes up over and over and over again in the bible mm-hmm. and i think that Logic and science and business can't teach us about mystery. Art mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. we learn mystery. Like uh, like Sufjan Stevens talks about that. Mm-hmm. So if if you want to learn about mystery and mysticism, art is is where we develop those pieces of our soul. Mm. Oh, thank you. Well. Jason, I'm glad that you, as a rapper, as an activist, as an educator, are helping out the church and helping us uh, just get pointed uh, towards that gospel imagination. So thank you so much for joining us here on 20 Minute Takes. Hey, thank you for having me. Twenty Minute Takes is a production of Christians for Social Action. Our music was created by Andre Henry 
And this episode was mixed and engineered by Willosa Media. If you like this episode, spread the word by subscribing, reviewing, or sharing. I'm your host, Nikki Toyamasito. If you want to find out more about our work, visit the website at christiansforsocialaction.org. Thank you.